Fellow citizens, it has come to the attention of my benevolent administration that a festive season is going to be upon us soon. Oh, we've seen a lot of that. Fat, bald man with a ridiculous laugh. No, not William Shatner, but Father Christmas. You'll be instrumental in my rise to dominion over all. My loyal agents will commandeer Santa's grottos and department stores worldwide, and with help of their specially trained midgets dressed as elves, and in these more politically correct times, vertically challenged helpers, they will usher unsuspecting parents and their offspring into special soundproof grottos, where they will be strapped into chairs and made to listen to a medley of festive songs, sung by William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. Their ears bleeding, spirits crushed, and their minds turned to jelly. They will be as putty in my hands, eager to quell any opposition to my rule. Here endeth my address. Welcome, welcome, dear listeners, one and all, to this, the latest Staggering Stories podcast number one, nine, nine. Yes, I'm Crumbly. I'm Adam. And I'm Keith. I feel rather lonely yeah, sitting we, on this. We, yeah, we are quite, quite light on our feet. Yeah. So, so where is everyone? What's happened? <laughs> they all died horribly in a mm. tragic accident. Have they insulted the old Presidente once <laughs> too often? <laughs> In various it's different ways. <laughs> yeah, they've been off. No, there's, in various there's two empty seats beside me on the on the settee. Oh, there's one over here. There's oh, one over here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But never fear, dear listeners. We shall carry on regardless. Yeah, mm-hmm. this will be the last podcast probably ever yes. to get to a thousand, which starts with a one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's, so that's the thing. I mean, if the next one's going to be our two hundredth podcast, yep. are we going to be series two? No. Oh. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 That should be series naught then. <laughs> okay. We can work, work our way backwards. Ah. Or we could have in binary. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. So what is it, be series zero one? Mm. Or would it be one zero? One, be one one. One it's one. one. Oh, okay, mm. I, I, I beg home forgiveness. I'm mm. not up on my binary. No, sorry, it'd be one zero. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, we up. <laughs> Let's kick it off with... Yes, binary digits aside, here's the news with El Presidente. Doctor News. Ooh. Female writer for the new season. Oh. Nah. <laughs> Fresh on the heels of the masterly gender swapping and Moffat scripts in this year's Doctor Who, finally the program may again see a woman actually writing a script for the series. Ooh. Who would have thought it? For some time, here and elsewhere, there have been murmurings that female characters have not been especially well written in recent years, and the lack of female writers have probably only worsened that situation. Mm-hmm. Catherine Tregener. 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 Former tortured writer of four episodes, Out of Time, Captain Jack Harkness, Meat and Adam, 
could have said one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Added to her online CV that she is to finally write for Doctor Who. Ooh. Should this come to pass, and it may not, they commission more scripts than they produce, then she will only be the second female writer of New Who, and the first in about seven years. Ooh. Still, it took old Who about 20 years for the first real female writer, and according to Neil Gaiman, not as if they haven't been trying... In the six years I've been working with the Doctor Who team, the producers and script editors I've directly worked with, four out of six of whom have been women, have had a lot of of attention on getting women writers onto the team. I know that Stephen Moffat, last toffee, has personally been in touch with a lot of female writers. I bet. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Down. And has been defeated over and over by scheduling problems and Uh. people saying, no. And being as frustrated as anybody, probably much more frustrated as he's the one reaching out. Okay. New game is a top flight writer. He knew what he was saying. Yeah. <laughs> can't, can't you get injunctions against that? Or, you know, um, restrainment orders. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's true. It's amazing they've had such trouble. Yeah. There, there are a lot of really good female writers in novels. Mm. Oh, oh, God, yeah. yeah. I Actually, it, it's strange. It's definitely with the Star Trek novels, but I, I find find the uh, female writers are the better writers. Yeah. They mm. seem to understand the characters oh, yeah. better. Although, if you look back in the past season, the big headline writer they brought in from novels, yeah. Frank Cottrell Boyce, did potentially the weakest episode of the yeah. entire lot. So writing for a novel and writing for a TV They are different uh, animals. Disciplines entirely. Yeah, yeah. different animals. But good news is a shame that oh, yeah. we have actually no women with us here today <laughs> yes. to talk on the subject. Yeah, yeah. Typically. <laughs> uh, well, um, I made a comment during the making, getting sitting down and getting together, and I'm glad the mics weren't working for that comment because I would have been slapped severely. Yeah, I don't feel that we're really qualified to. No, talk no, no. That's good news. ITV going a bit Jekyll and Hyde. Advent laden British commercial television company ITV is once again looking to get back into telefantasy, having previously been, been prompted by the success of BBC's Doctor Who. Merlin and so forth. Mm. After such hits as 2007 to 2011's Primeval and 2009's Demons, was that a hit? Uh, Maybe not. The less said about Demons, the better. ITV, sorry, ITV are now looking forward to bringing Robert Louis Stevenson's Jekyll and Hyde to the small screen as a new action adventure series. Mm -hmm. Unlike Stephen Moffat's modern day, Stephen Moffat's vast toffee MN, modern day take in the form of BBC's Jekyll. The Jekyll. Jekyll. That's how I believe how it's pronounced. That was the original pronunciation, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Not how he did it in the program mm-hmm. part no, of the flashback. Yeah. The new series will be set in the 1930s. That's still some 50 years after the original is set. Mm-hmm. And like Moffat, it will centre on the descendants of the original Doctor. Mm. In this case, the grandson, Robert Jekyll. Mm. Charlie Higson is writing the series, who is perhaps still best known for his comedy series, The Far show oh, <laughs> but is also for his young james bond books yeah. yep. and 2013's ninth doctor novella doctor who the beast of babylon Oh, Sheridan for you. <laughs> no casting news as yet, but Doctor Who and Being Humans director Colin Teague is on board and filming begins in January 2015. Mm. Interesting, nice. back into this sort of thing. Yeah, it will be nice to have a little bit more um, fantasy out there. Yeah, I imagine there'd be more hitting the uh, 8.30 slot as Doctor Who and... Yeah. Uh, what's the other one? Atlantis yeah. now is these days. Mm, yeah. And 
mean, if it's going to be a direct competitor you know, to those programs. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I think, given the subject material as well, it can possibly slide into violence. Yeah. Oh, good grief. Of course it will. Yeah. yeah. Should I mean, if, yeah. if should the BBC's uh, rendition was anything to go by, as I say, there was always that very strong undercurrent of violence yeah. lurking, you know, lurking within it. Yes. Yeah. I'm not sure it'd be quite that dark. Mm. I doubt it. They're talking more action-adventure. Mm. So it depends how long they can string it along for. You know, is it going to be a sort of direct retelling, or is it going, yeah, I mean, is it going to be an action-adventure? Um, I mean, this whole article, I mean, it's very redolent of um, uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, paying more like that, yes. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, or, uh, well, the, the uh, movie Van Helsing, mm. you know, sort of turning well, a very flawed and very dark character, in, well, as you say, into an action hero. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, as I said, same could be... The Hulk. Yeah, the mm. Hulk, essentially the Hulk. Well, yeah. that's very true. Yeah. Well, I should say the Hulk, it would be very interesting to see what comparisons you know, sort of mm. like they bring up or try to avoid. Yeah. Mm. Sad music at the end. <laughs> <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. So. Westworld! Ooh. HBO wants some plastic pals who are fun to be with. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Have US cable network HBO got a TV series for you? Yes, HBO, the people behind such TV programs as Game of Thrones, True Detective, The Sopranos and Bored to Death have flipped the on switch for a TV series based on Westworld. Mm. The original 1973 film featured the ultra-bald Yul Brenner <laughs> as a theme park android gone murderously insane. Uh, no, I think that should be murderously insane. <laughs> he wasn't the only one, but uh, yeah. yeah. No, he wasn't insane, he was just an android that went, well... Insane! <laughs> His programming was slightly snafu. Did you say, I mean, the programming went insane! <laughs> As well as the Roger dodgy effects. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because, I mean, there's Westworld and Future World. Yeah. The thing is, the whole premise behind Delos, I mean, it was an adult uh, holiday you know, result. Yes, indeed. Whether they'll tone it down for a family audience. They were not a family audience, is what I think. It's like HBO. HBO. No, HBO. Yeah, not a family audience. All oh, right. So, in the words of Honest, boobies. Boobies. <laughs> <laughs> The new TV series is being produced by J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot Productions and will star such lovies as Anthony Hopkins, James Marsden, Jeffrey Wright, Miranda Ot- Otter and Ed Harris. It will air sometime in 2015. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but they did a TV show, a TV series based on Westworld once before in the they 80s. They did, Beyond they? Westworld. It yeah. lasted five episodes. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't last very long. I, I seem to remember being shown somewhere in sort of a, a Sunday tea time dead slot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, judging by the original Westworld movie, sort of Delos was divided into four zones. I mean, yeah. there's uh, Westworld. Another one was mis- Medieval World, which has the um, blurb promoted as a lusty treat for the senses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Roman uh, World. Roman World. Mm, Roman World. And uh, oh, what's the other one? There's only three. Mm. I think there, there was. There was. Yeah. There was. Th- I think I could be mistaken, but I think there was three in the original film. Yeah. And then you had Future World mm. yeah, in the sequel. Yeah. In the sequel. Mm. Yeah. yeah Westworld. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's. So, I mean, if they're aiming for a Saturday tea time slot they would have to tone down the uh, no, I'm sure well, the, adult the, aspects of it the, this is H- speak, yeah, yeah. HBO mm. as, as Karen said you know it's count the willies and count the boobies that <laughs> <laughs> no, would be quite adult I'm sure and, uh, they yeah, give I'm it sure a it will be treatment. Yeah. Yeah. probably in many ways be better than the film if they do it right and yeah. that's that's it. It. Will. if they do if it they right, right yes, yeah. very much so yeah. even for its time sort of Future World and Westworld were very good films mm. 73 73 yeah so 40 odd years old yeah yeah Future World was uh, about 1976, Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't mm. long afterwards. Mm. Any addendums? Ooh, addendums. I have a slightly political 
It's been able to say, oh, politics. Whatever happened to him. <laughs> no, the Bible of the slightly left of centre intelligentsia and Hampstead set, the new statesman, has well, <laughs> been having Doctor Who fans rising up in indignation a few weeks previously. They have been lampooning various lab- leaders of the Labour Party oh, yeah. by, let's just say, comparing them to various doctors. If anybody goes online and looks for this, the new statesman Doctor Who uh, cover, which just puts in a search of that. They will see Ed Miliband, the man who can pull his bottom lip up over his face. <laughs> okay. Yes, as Matt Smith's doctor. Right. Tony Blair. Sweaty eyeball, serious shirt. As the round, round and open face, David... Bland. Peter Davison. <laughs> Peter Davison. Yep. Harold Wilson as Patrick Charlton. Mm-hmm. Okay, for my time. <laughs> Neil Kinnock. Lovely, lovely, lovely. And <laughs> the one and only Gordon Brown as Tom Baker. Oh, dear. Right, yes, complete, okay. with the, complete with the backdrop of the Houses of Parliament, with the Dalek conveniently sort of posing in front as well. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes, complete with the tagline, running out of time. <laughs> okay. Mm, yes. What nerve prompted them to do that, I wonder? Yes, I wonder. Plus, I mean, I'll just check this article as well. Yes, it, it seems like the new statesman is continuing the uh, Doctor Who parody with politician Eric Pickles. It looks like yes, a Sontaran. <laughs> okay. Complete with a very small eyes, flat nose, and no yeah, no neck whatsoever. How does he smell? Terrible! <laughs> but the thing, thing is with Eric Pickles... He looks and sounds like he comes out of a, a Dickens uh, thriller, a Dickensian story. Okay. Yeah, Mr. Pickles. Right, okay, yeah, on, yeah. Of the old curiosity shop. Yeah. <laughs> expect him to... Well, was in a pork pie hat and expect him to have a pork pie under the pork <laughs> pie yeah. hat. Yeah, okay. It's getting to be something when the Bible of the New Left starts lampooning the leaders of its beloved Labour Party. Huh? Maybe they'll see the sales of Radio Times shoot up and adopt new <laughs> yeah. cover and think, to, we want some to, of that. Trying to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. Anyway, political bit over. Right, I have two, two addendums. One addendum is very close to one of our colleagues' heart. Oh, okay. Lungs? No, no, Mm. no, no. Spleen? No. (laughs) Nothing, nothing bodily organic. Uh, Reboot. Oh, Okay. Yes, it was. What is it? It's a Canadian CGI film, circa nineteen eighty. Mm. TV series, yeah, yeah TV, TV series, series. Yes. yeah, from about ninety five up until twenty oh one. Right, they are creators of the Canadian made show are going to reboot, reboot. Okay, mm. so no there's, a, intended. Oh. there's a new reboot series called The Guardian Code, but it is not a a start again reboot. It is actually a continuation from the story. Okay, so, so they're, 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 really yeah, yeah, they're they're restarting it. Mm, no, that'd be rather interesting because um, the last, well, the last episodes they were lumped into one sort of feature length called uh, Demon Rising. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm. this this one is going to be going on for uh, essentially a third season. Uh, it's going to be shown on the Canadian network YTV. So I'm assuming the other stations will eventually get it. <laughs> TV, mm. presumably, or something. Yeah. Like okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, sort of the Canadian equivalent of uh, CITV. Yeah, it's, uh, this, this statement. <laughs> has been made by Rainmaker Animation Studio who were who made the original Okay, so a familiar name. Yeah, the original reboot. The president Michael Heffington says that the original characters Bob Dot and Enzo will be major characters in the new series. Oh, Yakko and Wacko. Not Yakko Wacko and <laughs> Dot, no. no so, so we shall uh, 
at the moment it is all very much up in the air and this is just that there's got to be some power behind it for him to make this statement yeah however mm. having oh, said yeah. that you still have the doctor who film by the harry potter director oh, yeah, so, sure, uh, but but <laughs> that that by, by the by and put the so watch this space yeah mm. interesting choice to not reboot reboot mm. yeah <laughs> yeah the old ones look very dated today as you'd expect yeah mm. so difficult for them to re-show them to new to kids of today would have thought i don't know i don't know so why not start afresh I will admit, all the the very early episodes, as you say, I mean, the animation was very dated and very stilted. Very. But yeah, by the end of the run, obviously the animation was becoming a lot more fluid, a lot more seamless. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, it would be very interesting. As for the voice actors who portrayed all the voices, I mean, obviously they'd have to get a new actor in for the young Enzo Matrix. Yeah, because he's probably sort of in his thirties by now. Well, I wouldn't necessarily have changed that much. It depends, really. And um, for other reasons, um, they had to get a new voice actor in to provide the voice of um, yeah, Megabyte because the previous actor who sort of who voiced him is well sadly no longer yeah, no longer with us dead <laughs> dead domestos dead yes <laughs> megabyte dead <laughs> but then you can you can recast yeah mm. because yeah, they're, they're yeah. not human they could have mm. yeah. been manipulated or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> heck, uh, canine had mind you it would be very interesting to see um hexadecimal back in it because she, in the original series i mean she was as mad as a box of frogs and dangerous with it as well so given her status as, as a, vi- a computer virus mm. oh okay mm. my second and final piece of uh, addendum news yep if you have ever wanted to taste uh toast the death of one's enemies <laughs> okay. if you want to to be victorious mm. and quaff a warrior's drink, you can right. now do so. Prudious. No, 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 no. <laughs> Sprout wine. You, you can buy Klingon blood wine. Right. Mm-hmm. There is, uh, last year, uh, they did a limited edition Star Trek wa- wine run. Right. They are now marketing a second one as blood wine okay mm-hmm. this red wine presumably well i i assume it's uh for a uh, red fortified wine mm, okay yeah because what is it according to canon klingon blood wine is meant to be twice as potent as whiskey mm. that's basically turpentine you can't yeah. drink turpentine <laughs> human couldn't anyway uh, yeah but this one is what is it a reasonable 13 percent abv mm. which is about 26 percent proof which is about twice as potent as your average wine wow mm. okay still paint stripper though yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can you can purchase this luxury item, <laughs> blinding item, <laughs> uh, for about twenty pounds a bottle, uh, twenty dollars a bottle. Right, oh, yeah, that's from, not from Vinport. Uh-huh. Yes. Take a link in the show notes. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Yeah. To buy it. <laughs> I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. Well, if you don't like the taste, you want to sort of strip the furniture with it. Oh. Yeah, they, yeah. They've still got a few bottles of last year's wine available as well, which, as well, which is uh, Romulan, uh, mi- Romulan mirror, mirror, mirror wine. Okay. Uh, mm. Trouble with Tribbles wine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And City on the Edge of Forever wine. Okay. Those retail, because they were last year's, those retail up something like $24.99. But uh, the Klingon blood wine at the moment is for nineteen dollars ninety nine, twenty dollars more. So the city on the edge of forever wine. I mean, sort of if you drink too much of it, you fall in love with Joan Collins. It's either that, or, <laughs> or you. By the time you come to drink, you, it's already empty. Mm. Right. You know, you drank it. Or if, you, or if you're drinking, you just feel like pushing her under a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah one of the time. Yeah, that what McCoy drank at the beginning. That's that's, that's, that's that's what McCoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To killers, okay. murderers, murderers. They should never have stopped his uh, medication, should they? <laughs> 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 The voices. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. 
Anyway, that's my addendums done. Thus, any more for any more. Only thing to mention, I suppose, is the uh, trailer for Star Wars The Force Awakens. Oh, yes. 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 Is out there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Teaser trailer. Uh-huh. Interesting. Very little, but uh, Interesting lightsaber, lightsaber there yeah. that's caused quite a bit of controversy. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, dare I say what shape it is? You can say it. A cruciform shape. Like yeah, so it's, it looks like a... Like a um, or a broadsword. A broadsword, mm-hmm. rather yeah. than... Yeah. It makes sense to have the guard. Yeah. 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 But people are saying you should be able to chop your fingers off on it. <laughs> well, if you're super enough. <laughs> yeah. But there we go. Looking forward to it tentatively. Mm. Yes. Yeah, but I remember how good the episode one trailer looked. Oh, yeah. I mean, when that first came there, out there in were 1999. Fair, on there were... They've was. been... I think as IO9 did uh, a meme. I They reloaded or reshowed all the teaser trailers okay and the 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 first two uh, star wars new hope and empire strikes back look particularly bad i'm sure <laughs> these trailers days. back in those days <laughs> yeah really ropey by today's yeah, terms, but, yeah. You know, they weren't weren't necessarily what you would recognize as a trailer no obviously because now disney is at the helm i mean i'm expecting sort of cute aliens and things like that and that's to say yeah. sort of, when i first saw the new the new style astromech droid yeah <laughs> the ball yes the ball the ball I, in the head yeah yes yeah, so i thought hmm that's to say i'll keep an open mind about it there is again uh, back on io9 they've shown up an advert of R2 units in various racing car uh, markings. Mm. Right. Players, JPA, JPS and one. And they've oh, also okay. done they've also done Formula a poster one. advertising all nine, I think, versions of of, of an R Astromech droid. Really? Starting from the R one oh, yeah. all the way down to the the new universe of the, the expanded universe. The, yeah, thank you. The expanded universe R nine version. Oh, an R nine, okay. Yeah. Oh, one other thing I must bring to people's attention. Oh, yeah. Those people who are lucky enough to have BBC iPlayer, because the BBC are running all the small science fiction season at the moment there's four 20 minute i'll say sort of webisodes or episodes yeah. hosted by the geek syndicates on there okay mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so i've been watching them i say there's all these yeah, two uh two podcasters hosting this uh it covers the bfi sort of sci-fi season yeah, there's oh, yeah. various other things really yeah, they're worth watching oh yeah okay. so they should still be available on iplayer take a look at that i know yep. they're re-releasing stuff in the cinema like um mm. 2001 That's blade it, yeah. runner yeah mm-hmm. sadly 2001 is coming back on the day recording podcast 200 uh, <laughs> one day only so we yeah. can't be there for that but uh, <laughs> never mind i think that endeth the news that's endeth the news so we have been hang on hang on we have been watching listening reading yeah reading. Mm-hmm. anything else Listening to the audio <laughs> book. Um, yeah, the book. It's a play, it's a book, it's a film. film. It's a- yeah, we, we have to mime the uh, title. <laughs> we have been indulging in Sharda. The untelevised Doctor Who episode. Yes, famous. Yes, I mean, the large thing about this is it was steeped in legend for so long. Yeah, indeed it was. And I, I do remember the, the rumour that the money that should have gone onto Horns of Nymon right. was, was shuffled over onto Sharda. And Sharda got cancelled. And Sharda <laughs> got cancelled. <Yes. laughs> Maybe true. Maybe true. <laughs> this was meant to be the final episode of season 17. It was, mm-hmm. yes. Uh-huh. It would have been Graham Williams' 
his final production. Mm. His swan song. Maybe yes. Oh, Doug's Adams too. Yes. It turned out. Yes. Mm. Yeah, some of the scenes were actually shot around Cambridge. Yes. Mm. We, we have actually been on um, Tim Dury's yep. Cambridge Walk at least twice. Mm. Yeah. At least twice. A very nice city. Very nice. But yeah. I liked it down there a lot. You need to go back and have a, make a proper day of it. Yes. Punting. Got to do punting at some point. <laughs> Pun- punting on the cam. Yes. Like a bit of punting. Yeah. Anyway, does anyone require recapping what the story... I'm sure everyone out there knows about it, but does anybody require recapping on the story? Go on, make it quick. Okay, make it very quick. Uh, Concerns the details of a book that leads to a certain prison world, a time-long prison world, Mm -hmm. where a particular prisoner who can take control of other people a time lord has been Skagra no Salayavin has been imprisoned we have Skagra who wants the book because he wants the ah. secrets of putting his mind into other people from Salyavin. Yes, and that. Walking <laughs> his false teeth in for horse. <laughs> and the book is actually belongs to Pre- Professor Cronotus at this time, who is a retired Time Lord working in Cambridge, mm-hmm. who calls the Doctor back to hand him the book so he can return it to Gallifrey. But the book goes missing. Dun, 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 dun. Mm. Students. Yes. Mm. Apparently he's masquerading as a professor at St. Seeds. St. Seeds. Cambridge. Yes. Isn't a real college. Mm. No, no. (laughs) But we have seen the college that stands in for Seeds. Yeah. Though we have never actually been inside the courtyard because each time we went there, there was a, it was closed because there was a wedding going on. Yeah. <laughs> each time. Yeah, twice been there, twice has been a wedding on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there are at least three versions. There's at least three official versions. You yes. got you got the um, reconstructed DVD yep. with with linking narration from Tom Baker. Yep. You have the big finish version that was released on CD and mm-hmm. broadcast yep. on the internet. Featuring Paul McGann. Paul featuring McGann, Paul McGann. Yes. Before yeah. Tom came, came back. Finish, mm, but still yeah. with Lala Walters Romana. Yes. 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 And well done, then there's the final one, which was released fairly recently, which is... Oh, God, what's the author's name? Mind you, Gareth Roberts, isn't it? Gareth, yeah, Gareth Roberts' <laughs> book version. Yeah. Which is a nice big tomb. It's not a, a thin, flimsy target book, which no. it would have been if it would broadcast. Mm, yes, Gareth Roberts, yes. Yeah. It's ten and a half hours long, the audio book I think so, I think so, yeah. It's a fair bit longer than it, it, the big it, finish it, version. It, it expands... Well, well the, the big finish version is the cut down TV shard, shard are, basically. It's not cut down by much of it. It's not, it's, it's, because it's, you've got basically just dialogue. You haven't got yeah, all it's, the it's, Yeah, it's essentially just, just dialogue. That's so all it is. Six episodes, was it? Yes. Do fit into two discs mm. fairly well without getting yeah. too much uh, 150 minutes, apparently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas, whereas the book has, uh, you've got descriptions and titles in there, and it also fleshes out some of the minor characters. Okay. You know, sort of gives them a back history. Well, not an essential back, but yeah. you know, it gives them reason for being there rather than just walking down mm, the street. Yeah, harking back to the book, apparently um, elements of the book were reused by Douglas Adams in yes. Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was it the first one or the second one? I think it was the first one. First one, yeah. yeah, yeah the long it, dark tea time of the small. Yeah, just, just yeah, the, no. the loose outline and, and elements from it. Not, mm. and I think maybe Cronotus showed up. Basically, did he mm. have, I had the same name, didn't he? I think so. I think so. Professor I think so. Yes. And apparently, he possesses a time machine. He does. Yes. Yeah. 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 
wisely uh, changed that somewhat for the TV version. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Years back, but... <laughs> right. Um, mm. I, I've gone through these recently. Okay. Um, I got on. I haven't listened to Shardo, uh, the big, big Finish one, recently, but I've listened to that a couple of times. Okay. Yeah. In the past, and that was the first one I ever, my first ever experience of it. Mm-hmm. It was all right. But I found the big Finnish version slightly pantomimey. Okay, you know the the. I, I don't know if it's in the season seventeen though. Yeah, I do. I do. Well, this is it. I, I've now re- rewatched the. Um, I've. I think it was last birthday. I got the DVD off of Scott, mm-hmm. so I actually watched very that, recently, and, yeah. and I found it was still very funny, or, or attempting to be very funny. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the. But I'm, I found yeah. I found that I preferred it better because they're not putting on to my mind pantomime voices. Mm. I know it's I know it's just audio, but um, what is it in the big Finnish version? Skagra was played by Leonard Sachs, Andrew Sachs. Oh, sorry, Andrew Sachs. And, Manuel. And who <laughs> played Professor Cronotis? I think it was. Professor Cronotis. In the big finish. Yeah. James Fox. James Fox. I mm. found them, to my mind, doing playing it up, doing slightly more silly voices than was necessary. Maybe, but you find that a lot in audio, particularly, because you have to sell the character I, a bit and, more yeah. your voice. I, I, I do do that, but, but the uh, TV version I liked better because it was more restrained. Okay, even Billy Bunter. Even even Billy Bunter, yeah. <laughs> but there, uh, there are some very great lines, some nice Adams's isms. Oh yeah, like like from Cronotus, the tea. Oh, one lump or two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> would you like a cup of tea? Oh yes, milk. Oh, thank you. One lump or two. One, thank you. Sugar. <laughs> yeah, it's little things like that. Yeah, yeah I noticed for the big finish CD. I mean, it was rewritten for the Eighth Doctor, Paul McGann. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very well, well done the way they oh, yeah. did that. It's. Uh, as you, you pointed out, it's virtually the same lines. It is, where they could. Yeah. And you kind of tell it's written with Tom in mind, mm. but it works perfectly well with yeah. them again. Yeah. And that changed a few bits because they uh, they incorporated the Five Doctors, which obviously famously took bits from Sharda yeah. to cover the fact Tom Baker wasn't in it. Yeah. And they take that as, as a framing story that the events of Five Doctors prevented the Fourth Doctor from doing the adventure. Yeah. So the Eighth Doctor then remembers, oh, I had to do something. Cambridge yeah. goes mm. to pick up Romana and K9 and they go back and revisit it Step and play it out as it would have been yeah. am I right in saying the, uh, the very well known scene in the, in the uh, Five Doctors where you see the Doctor and Romana punting on the cam mm-hmm. yep. that was going to be used in Sharda that, that was from Sharda that was, yeah. was mm-hmm. yeah, scenes from Sharda mm-hmm. I think it would uh, took Tom Baker half the afternoon to get the punt to go in the right direction <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I seem to remember reading that somewhere oh really okay so you know after all that effort they had you know <laughs> had to use it yeah <laughs> they were kind of lucky that they had any footage at all, I suppose, without having to go back to oh, yeah. something mm. which has already been shown. Yeah. Unless it raiding the archives. Oh. Yeah, so they had to I, I think, the doctor, I, for example. Yeah. No, they didn't have the video releases, but it's surprising that the footage was saved. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, it was put to one side with the idea of remounting it at some point, but... Maybe, but it wasn't that long after, really. It was, uh, what was it, three years later? Yeah. Four yeah. years later. It wasn't a massive length of time later. No. Maybe it's kept by J&T in his office somewhere. Yeah, who knows? In his own private files. Probably. Yes. Probably. Yeah. I've got to admit, to a certain extent, I'm glad that it didn't get made. Mm-hmm. Because certainly the DVD release, there is less footage the further it goes on. Yeah, it's, the stuff it's, is just location work, which yeah. is the mm. first few episodes. I think some nice studio videos. work, because we had... First block, you're we, right. Yeah, had Skagra's, the interior of Skagra's ship. 
Yeah. Yeah. Certainly Cronotus's office was there yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, so we have um, linking material from with Tom Baker mm. in, I think it was Momi? Yeah. The, the Momi exhibit. It was. Mm-hmm. Museum of the Moving Image. Mm. Um, something that occurred to me when I was watching it, Tom is noticeably older than the fourth Doctor. Yeah. During, yeah. during the linking footage. Yeah. So yeah. after the events of Day of the Doctor... Right. Is that the fourth Doctor doing the linking narration, or is it the curator doing the <laughs> linking narration? Maybe, the, yeah. You know? The curator's created an archive of all mm. his old enemies to, yep. and telling us some tour about uh, one of his adventures. Yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Could, could, that could be actually not the fourth Doctor, but the curator. But as yeah. I was saying, the, I, was glad, I was glad it didn't get made to a certain extent due to the book. Uh, when we hit Sharda, obviously there was no narration or no footage of Sharda, the prison mm. world. Yeah, yeah. But um, according to the book, it's all decked out in sumptuous burgundy and gold, which is ah. more, which is more the styling of modern Gallifrey. Yes. I, I, I have this dreadful feeling that it would just be tatty, yeah, uh, horns and lime on gantries uh, and yeah, wrought uh, iron and, and steel. Yeah. With mm. old enemies, really battered sidemen costumes yeah. and whatever in yeah. mind. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean, sort of harking back to what you just said. The prisoners contained on Shard, I mean, it was literally going to be a who's who's gallery of yeah. uh, you know, Doctor Who villains. It was all, yeah, they, they would have raided Longleat or... Yeah. Yeah. Well, the costume department of yeah. the BBC, you know. Yeah. 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 Wouldn't make much sense. Why would they have a sideman, for example? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, it was meant to be a Time Lord prison. But, yeah. yeah, Time mm. Lord's... Five day in prison, the side man, they just destroyed, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, just, <laughs> just demat them so they never existed of that yeah, particular. Yeah, whatever, yes. Yeah. So I, I'm glad that section of it never got made because mm. we got the, as I said from the, from the book, it's this sumptuous, you know, yeah. almost, almost a, a hotel type yeah. with, a, uh, with all burgundy walls and gold seal of rassalons yeah, dotted about that, the place. I find that something of a contradiction. It's supposed to be a prison. Yeah, it's supposed to be a prison, but it's a Time Lord mm, prison, yeah. so mm, it would be. Yeah strangely baroque and mm. arty which as i said comes over in the book and i think it's used modern Gallif- as as gallifrey is depicted now in the series rather than gallifrey as it was predicted then which was something like green jade gold or um yeah. arc of infinity lounge tables oh, <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah so you can use your imagination more yeah if it had been made it i don't think it would have gone down as a classic no, no i don't think so i don't um, think so it would have been probably a better end to the season and the end of an era in many ways i think than, yeah, uh, yeah i think it, yeah i think but, it would have been a lot better than the horns of Nymon. Oh, I, I know again i know it's not completely finished but i did enjoy it a hell of a lot better than i enjoyed <laughs> horns of Nymon. yeah it did develop this cult yeah. because of the fact it was missing and unfinished it's you, you you get that quite a lot through things like um tomb of the cybermen and uh, yeah. evil of the daleks but there is no way that illusion can be spoilt because we're never going to see it. Mm, well, that's it. That's why it's got that air of mystery and mystique yeah. around it. Yeah. Because exactly. it's never been made. There are so many Who fans out there who would envisage what would it look like. Yeah. yeah. But the script is out there and mm-hmm. it would have been a target book yes. had Douglas mm. Adams given his permission. <laughs> yeah, st- we still haven't got Pirate Planet, have we? <laughs> no, they are working on City of Death, aren't they? I think so. Mm. I think Gareth so. Roberts was writing it, but yeah. then he dropped out. I, oh, I didn't know that. I know he was writing for it, but I didn't know. Somebody else, I forget who's taken over. Somebody else has taken over. I don't mm. know why. I mean, mm. is Terence Dick doing any uh, novelizations? 
conversation at all. No, no, I don't think so. I think I think Terence has novelled out. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, he did a few back in the nineties, didn't he, for yeah. uh, Missy Adventures and what yeah. have you? But um... and and no disrespect to Mr. Dix, no disrespect at all. But I have found. When it's his own stories, mm-hmm. he goes into nice detail. When he's transcribing a script, worst cases, it does boil down to he said, she said. He was churning mm. out at one, one a month. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 no, no, sure. And as no I say, so he does yeah. write them down pretty much verbatim. Yeah. 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 Well, the story itself, though, um, I quite like the idea. Again, it's a rogue Time Lord, yeah. an evil Time mm-hmm. Lord, potentially at one time. Yeah. Bad, he's sort of seen the error of his ways. And... Well, as I, I don't think, to a certain extent, he the impression I got is he wasn't actually evil. It's just that the power that he had scared everyone else, scared all the other Time Lords. Uh, so maybe, they... yeah, I get the impression he, he's, he's sort of somewhat sorry of what he's done in his past. Maybe he's not as bad as he believes it. To yeah, yeah. I think it actually says at the end, you know, he was a harmless old buffer. Perhaps one doctor turns around and says, perhaps one day they'll say that about me. Yeah. You know, it, <laughs> I, as, as I say, it was the legend that was built up around him. And yeah. the impression that I got is he had the power, but... Well, he had the power not to use it, mm-hmm. you know. You know, so but it was just the everyone else was so scared about what he had in the book. Did it ever go into the reason why he had that power? How he got? No, it? I don't think just so. A freak. Yeah, thing? I, I don't think so. I think it was was just a, a freak. I know time was meant to be somewhat telepathic. He yeah, clearly more than that. He was. Yeah, he had more uh, abilities. And Scabra was mad. Just Skagra, yeah, Skagra, you come across as, as essentially loopy. Yeah, he's yep. out for power for the power's he sake. He wants yeah. everything to, yes. to think with his mind. Yes, he, he wants to mind. be, yeah, wants to be everyone. At once. But again, back to the, my bugbear with the, with the disc, it comes across as a slightly more pantomime villain on the big finish, whereas the footage we have of him on the, TV and again the book. It's a bit disco. <laughs> he, 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 I, I gotta admit, it's an unfortunate white suit, complete with white brimmed hat and yeah, or white, yeah, and and white and silver cape. Yeah. So oh, yes, yeah. does look look exceedingly disco. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it was was nineteen seventies. Was it? Was oh, just no. a meme, wasn't it? Yeah. It, it was it was the arse end of nineteen seventy, but it, <laughs> it was the, it was nineteen seventies space villain who's got to be in a spangly costume. Yeah. Oh no. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Was it ever made clear in the book or anywhere how he knew about Sharda, knew about Chronotis? Um, yes, yes. Sorry, uh, yeah, there's a whole section in the book that there was at some point in time a breakaway Time Lord splinter group right. that went to where his planet was and set up their own Gallifrey. Ooh. Oh, okay. And after a couple of centuries, that fall, fall through, and the Time Lords come and picked everything up and took it back. But they had their own version of the Matrix, their own Citadel, oh. their own, and the legends of Gallifrey entered into the legends of um, uh, his home planet. I can't remember what it was, but... Okay, that makes sense. That's a little section of the book. Oh, it's not mentioned in... I don't think it's mentioned in the TV series, and definitely not mentioned in the audio. No, I don't remember anything about it, yeah. Yeah, I've not read the book or heard the audio book. Yet. Yeah. Who does the audio? Uh, Lala Ward. Ah, me. Romana. Yeah, I'd like to see how she copes with Tom's <laughs> baritone. Not too bad, not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> she can, in fact, she can even deliver his dialogue without... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I bet. <laughs> Getting too angry is quite good. <laughs> and there was one final version that I don't think anybody's seen. 
A few people are talking about the uh, Ian Levine the version. The Ian Levine version, yes. I thought you were going to say the John Levine version. <laughs> I often get those, everyone sings. <laughs> I often get those two uh, mixed up, and that, that ends up to no amount of uh, chaos <laughs> and Gibberish. confusion. Mm. Paid out of his own money, I believe. Yeah. It's an animated version. Yeah, many of the original cast back as he could to, mm-hmm. yeah. to re-record their lines. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the idea was to give it to the BBC to mm. um, oh. turn to DVD, but mm. uh, it never happened. Not yeah. sure if it was because he charged too much money or mm, the production yeah. quality. I, I can't say because I've never seen it. Mm. But the production qualities were too low. I don't know. Mm, so the BBC just canned it then? Yeah. What, didn't take him up on didn't, it? Didn't yeah. take him up on the offer yeah. and re-released their own... Uh, we did the video. Yeah. But yeah, on, on the whole, I, I'm considering my reactions to Horns of Nymon, <laughs> I enjoyed this quite a lot. Okay. As you say, I mean, it was preceded by the Horns of Nymon, which is something of a <laughs> nadir. <laughs> yeah, and then um, it had the Leisure Hive afterwards. Yeah. Leisure Hive, where it was a new production, mm-hmm. new dire- uh, new producer. I'm not sure on new money, but certainly money pushed in a different direction. Mm, new music. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah looked, very different feel. It, it looked very slick. Yeah, by comparison, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Which is why it was a bit of a shame it's never got made, because would they be able to pull it off at the end of a season to look good? That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And, as, and harking back to what I said previously, because it was never made, or it was only partially made, there's always going to be the air of aura of mystery about yeah. it. Yeah, mm. There we go. Stuff of legend. Aye. Mm. Very much Aye. so, yes. Yeah. And now, dear listeners, for your delighting delectation... We've been watching a DVD, haven't we? Have we? I don't know, have we? Um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, Yes, of course we have. Bluff it, bluff it. What DVD have we been watching? Hey, the Schwartz. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we've been watching Spaceballs. Nineteen eighty seven. Yes. Spaceballs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hard to believe they waited ten years after yeah. Star Wars. And so it Star does, was, uh, yeah. it did seem to be a slight bit of a gap <laughs> between what they were parodying mostly. Yeah, yeah I mean, four, even Jedi four, is four, four years, years before, after yeah. Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> ten years after uh, a new hope as we mm-hmm. now call it. <laughs> but okay. Maybe it, it was funny. <laughs> this is only a personal point of view, but I don't think it was one of uh, Brooks's best. No. No, compared to films like High Anxiety and... Uh, uh, and Blazing Saddles. Blazing, oh, good grief, yeah. It, it, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's quite a way over the peak. <laughs> coming down the other... He hasn't crashed yet. No. He hasn't, no, but it's coming down the other side. Mm. It's interesting, you're looking at the front of the DVD here. The top builds four people above the space balls. Yeah. First is Mel Brooks himself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John Candy, Rick Moranis, and then Mel Brooks' space balls. So nowhere in there is the actual real hero, Bill Pullman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I know... I he's sitting somewhere seething quietly about Well, at, at that point in time, Bill Pullman's... I think he hadn't peaked. He was, no. He wasn't oh, a... Great, no. He wasn't a... He was still an aspiring actor. Yeah, he wasn't a, a, a name-pulling oh, no, star no, yeah. at that point no. in time. So I'm quite surprised that 
he was cast as the hero. Not any disrespect mm. to his acting ability. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying his his level in the pecking order. I'm quite surprised that he was cast at that time from, as the lead. From what I understand, uh, they cast John Candy and Rick Moranis. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. In that time, they were yeah the, the top they, they, dogs in stars. comedy and in, in film. Yeah, so they thought we got these two. It doesn't matter too much who we get as the Han Solo and Luke mm. Skywalker yeah. character. I mean, I think Rick Moranis and. Um, yeah, I think John Goodman, they're alumni of um, Saturday Night Live. John Candy, yeah. Mm. yeah. I think so. Yeah, and S, this, the Canadian one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Joan Rivers as C-3PO. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do, well, Dot Matrix, actually. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, it was just the voice. Yes. It was just the voice, yeah. yeah. Possibly well, thin person playing there. <laughs> Andy Daniels was thin, man. Yeah. Playing the yeah. Dot Matrix must have been even thinner. It's a Mickey take, basically. Oh, it's, good grief, it's, yeah. yeah. It's a spoof. It's mm. a, a usual spoof. A lot of these film spoofs aren't that funny, I no, find. No, they do adopt a rather scat, you know, scattergun approach. Yeah. yeah, looking at some of the more modern ones, like Scary Movie and stuff like that. Yeah, mm, yeah. It's very much diminishing returns. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And this is the first one. There are uh, a couple of moments in it I do love, though. Oh, it has uh, moments mm, of genius. Oh, yeah, the, the, uh, certainly breaking the fourth wall. One with watching the movie while they're in the movie. That's clever. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that is clever. <laughs> You're sort of fast-forwarding it. And a little bit of satire there mm-hmm. at the time about how quickly VHS tapes yes. were released after the... Which <laughs> nowadays... It's even... It's even quicker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a matter, used to be years. It's now a matter of months. Yeah. It used to be mm-hmm. at, least, you'd, at least a year before you saw it on the uh, cinema before it came out on video. Yeah. At least a year. Now, as I said, you're thinking it's a long time if it's three months. Yeah sometimes even quicker to get on to pay TV yeah and the other standout moment for me is when they captured the stunt doubles <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's quite funny yeah but it's again sort of breaking the fourth wall yeah for me the one that, the bit I mainly remember about it I haven't seen it in years yeah. until the other day John Hurt oh yes yeah right at the end yeah <laughs> recreating his, his uh, Kane character from yeah. Alien no, yeah. not again <laughs> yeah. and then the alien is dancing off to yeah. the show tunes that's it check <laughs> yeah yes I mean well the op- the very opening scene gives- well it's very much indicative of how the entire film will be in a direct parody of the um, op- opening of A New Hope yeah but you see you know, the Star Dest- yeah, Destroyer and such and then you see Spaceballs 1 which continues on and yeah. on and apparently and on. he wanted it to be even longer mm, until yeah. somebody told actually it's going to be long as the entire film mm. yeah, the, the, yeah the, again I think to a certain extent that he was at a position where it was too powerful and people didn't have the chance to say excuse me Mel actually yeah mm. the fact he put himself top billing yeah yeah, yeah. He, he plays the present and he plays yogurt, uh, yeah, yogurt he plays, yes. yeah so it's the but two he's got two two, two roles there roles. but mm. they're not the most central roles no, no. he's on screen no, a fair amount present. of the time yeah. yeah I suppose so but yeah you'd think maybe Rick Moranis would have a be mm-hmm. top build over him yeah. given that Dark Helmet is probably more major character than Essence yeah. or, or Yogurt yeah it, it does seem to be a bit of an ego going on there, there yeah <laughs> I think we're over the high point the Blazing Saddles part of his career yeah we're, we're rapidly going down and, and, and really this didn't do anything to save it no I don't know what people thought at the time I didn't see it until years I, I, later but... no I do I, I saw it at the cinema and yeah I do remember leaving the cinema slightly disappointed <laughs> everybody was parodying Star Wars in the late 70s early oh, yeah. 80s yeah good grief yeah. this does seem like it must have been quite a bit after it all died yeah down. it wasn't it certainly wasn't the first of the Mickey takes mm. I mean, don't think it was the last but it was somewhere near the tail end yeah and uh, Alien as well with John Hurt yeah mm. 
that was so many years before. Eight, eight years ago. Yeah, yeah eight, eight years, years previously. Yeah, well, you've also got um, a Planet of the Apes. Oh, the Planet of the Apes for good. Planet of the Apes oh, bit right, in yeah. them. That was, the so, I think the last one, Six. that was 78. Well, the first one was about 1969. Yeah. Yeah. But the last the last Planet of the Apes mm. films was 78. Yeah, it was the first so. one they were parodying, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah. It is quite interesting he's using such old material to parody. Yeah. Mm. But okay, it's, it's all in the consciousness. Yeah, it's, it's, mm. it's very much still, but... it's very much out there, as I said, in the human consciousness. Certainly the archetypal um, Statue of Liberty piece. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. it turns out to be the handle of a hoover and the spaceship's head. Yeah. And Transformers <laughs> too, they're taking mm. the mickey out of that. Yeah. With the uh, uh, Transformia... At least Transformers was slightly ahead of Michael Bay films. <laughs> that, yeah. that was more the of cast. its time. That yeah. was the, the film was 85, the Transformers film, was it? Yeah. So it's somewhat close to that period. But I did like some of the satire there, particularly with all the merchandise. Yeah. Oh, yes, and uh, the Schwartz. Mel Brooks, I mean, he's very fond, he's very fond of um, taking a few pot shots at his Jewish heritage anyway. Yeah, it does seem a lot of the film is based on that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, a lot of Star Wars was based on the false, you know. <laughs> well, true, true. But, uh, but interesting that I believe Lucasfilm were involved in the post-production in some way of the film. Yeah. Right. They did do a deal. Skywalker mm-hmm. Sound or yeah. something. Yeah, all yeah. that sort of thing. And apparently part of the deal was that they weren't allowed to bring out Spaceballs figures. (laughs) (laughs) However, they are in the merchandising in the film. Mm, Are they? Yeah. Yeah, Well, there's there's one bit where uh, Dark Helmet has the Dark Helmet figure Uh, and the princess figure. (laughs) Yeah, but they weren't allowed to bring out figures. But they weren't allowed to bring out the figures for it, yeah. (laughs) Toilet paper? It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I go just well with it. I mean, one scene that does stick in my mind is where, as uh, Dark Helmets, uh, he's landed on the alien planet. He's wearing all this um, desert wear, including oh, yeah. an outsized pith helmet yes. yeah, with eye holes cut in it so he could hold his binoculars up to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he does look, rather than Darth Vader, he looks like a cross between Darth Vader and Marvin the Martian. Mm. Yeah, I suppose <laughs> so, yeah. With the outside helmet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every time the helmet is down, he's got a kind of Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah it changes his of voice. voice. Yeah. Pulling it up to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then when he whacks his head, after they come out of the hyperdrive mm. goes very Lewis Tully yes <laughs> I don't know if deliberate or not I, you never know I think, I think even a few lines are directly taken from Ghostbusters could have been a bit of an ad lib there maybe yes. I don't know oh no it's not hyperdrive it's really ludicrous speaking yeah, yeah that's right. they, they, they went to plaid <laughs> yeah. plaid yeah you know the lights usually streak mm, yes. they went to plaid <laughs> <laughs> but it's not one I think has much Staying power. It's more or less a, a one joke film that is stretched yeah. out to ludicrous lengths. Yeah, they were trying to lot of stuff in there. Yeah. For me, yes. the comedy is very, very subjective. Yes. And maybe it's not aged very well either, but uh, but for me, a lot more misses and hits yeah. in terms of comedy. Yeah, I mean, that's the theme, you know, as the saying goes, if you throw enough mud, some of it will stick. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think, to a certain extent, Mel Brooks does a lot in his films. Mm. Cu- I'd say with the later ones, yes. Yeah, a couple of times he he gets it spot on and gets it right, mm. such as uh, Blazing Saddles and oh, good grief, High yeah. Anxiety. But there's there's always a lot going on mm. there. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, I think to that one, as you say, he's just about 10 years too late. 
I don't know. Maybe he wasn't really into science fiction and Star Wars. Maybe, yeah. maybe it was much more of a commercial idea. Could have been. Mm-hmm. Could have been. Yeah. Star Wars, Alien, yeah. Planet of the Apes, all this stuff. It's all good currency. Getting mm-hmm. people in. Let's do a parody of that. Yeah. Not that he was really into it himself. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of what it feels like to me. Yeah. I th- I've got to agree. That I th- again, I keep going on about Blazing Saddles. It's more the Westerns, which was more his yeah. genre mm-hmm. at that maybe, time. Yeah. And again, when it was... He grew up with probably and also when Blazing Shadows was done the western fad was just tailing off it was still going though oh was it okay it was still going but it was beginning to tail off mm. whereas sci-fi the sci-fi one I don't think he was so much in sync with it mm. and what he was in sync with as I said was something like 10 years old mm. Mm, but going back to Blazing Saddles I mean when that was uh, released 1973 it was very much a time of um, having black actors in movies as yeah. sort of to do with black exploitation films yeah. and such yeah plus we saw civil unrest out in the states yeah I mean so I mean the idea of having a black sheriff I mean, as I say, that was very much Mel Brooks's idea of you know, sort of parodying you know, what was going on at that, at that particular time. And we was also on the tail off of the Spaghetti Westerns, mm. which were very, oh, yeah, very, much very like popular at mm. the time. Because mm. when yeah. was A Fistful of Dollars? That was about 66, that was. I think so. I think there were... Uh, late 60s early 70s I think I'm not 100% sure mm. I'm quite sure I'll be corrected if I'm wrong Good, Bad and the Ugly that was 66 that yeah. was okay. so I think of other parodies like one of the better parodies to me of Doctor Who for example would be Curse of Fatal Death yes <laughs> yeah. and that's done by a fan yeah what, Stephen Moffat or yeah. Family Guy yeah or mm. Family Guy stalls mm. yeah again clearly done by people who love what they're parodying you, you, you can point to any of the Star Trek sketches from Family Guy yeah uh, mm. Seth oh, yeah. not Seth Green McFarlane thank you mm. McFarlane is a very good very keen Star Trek fan mm. he also was behind the motivation for getting the latest Cosmos off the ground. He's one of the producers oh, of that. Is he? Okay. He was. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's that definitely influenced the generation. Yeah. The original yeah. one of that. Sagan. Yeah. Sagan, yeah. So what can we say about this? <laughs> the bits of it I enjoy, bits of it yep. I would quite happily watch on YouTube. Little yeah. small sections on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. But I do yeah. get the distinct feeling, certainly when I left the cinema, it was very much jumping on a bandwagon that had left at least five years ago. <laughs> mm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, my own thoughts about the film, it was amusing. And there yeah. were a couple of scenes where I did laugh out loud. Yeah. Mm. At the time Spaceballs was made, as you say, I mean, sort of some of the material that Mel Brooks was working working with, he left it too late. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. I mean, it doesn't necessarily affect us now, though. No. I don't know why that should matter to us now, 20, 30 years well, later. Mm, but yeah, maybe so. But, you know, I mean, also I feel by that time, sort of Mel Brooks was starting to just run a little bit out of steam. Yeah, as I said, mm. he's, he's over the, the mm. peak of his career. Yeah. And I don't mean that nastily. Or, <laughs> but I think, <laughs> I think, in retrospect, it's one that I didn't necessarily enjoy at the cinema okay as as a whole film yeah and because of that feeling is still with me i would not go out of my way to watch it now mm. the only time i've watched it now is because we're do- reviewing it for the podcast yeah. Yeah. if it was on the shelf or if it was broadcast on tv i would not go out of my way to watch it i'll mm. see if there is something else interesting on okay, something else to catch it, yeah. my attention yeah. before i settle on this okay fine. like i say in small doses on youtube though the scenes that i've mentioned mm. the 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 watching the film within the film the yeah. stunt, stunt doubles, doubles yeah. i would watch quite happily watch those as something like a, a, a three minute segment or a five minute segment yeah the the parts 
outweigh the sum of the film. <laughs> yeah. You know? I felt that too. I hadn't watched it in, I don't know, 15 years. I watched it yesterday, was it? And it took a long time for me to actually laugh. Yeah. Mm, yeah. A lot of stuff, a lot of film goes by until something truly funny yeah. for me happens. Yeah. But that stuff that is funny is really funny. Yeah. Mm, yeah. There's not enough of it. Yeah. Mm. Oh, so you sit there. Aggressible. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You sit there, oh, that's amusing. Rather yeah. than ha ha ha, yeah, or, you can tell it's quite clever. Yeah, you can see what they're or doing it there. might just raise a slight smile. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. There's no no belly laughs in it. Mm. No, not until relatively far in, and then yeah. even then they're fewer far between. Yeah, it's a shame. It is. Mm. It is. Your but, mileage may vary, so yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Good effort, but well, eight out uh, five out of ten. Mm, yeah, say so five out of ten. Yeah. 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 Maybe he's being generous. <laughs> <laughs> Scott is not here no and he may be dead (laughs) but before he died he did write into us to talk about Sharder and the Space Wolves we we, we can feel his spirit through the Swartz we can (laughs) the Swartz I'm trying to put my Scott voice no I'm not going to (laughs) bother hello fellow staggerers Hope you're, en- <laughs> hope you're enjoying your short recording session without me there. <laughs> I know you must be missing me, though, so I thought I'd write and, and talk at you for yes. a bit to cheer you all up. <laughs> OK. So, Sharda then. Yep. So many versions, but in the end, not the version we all want. We just wanted to see what could have been had its original recording be completed in 79. Hmm. For me, the big finished version starring Paul McGann doesn't sit well simply because I'm expecting Tom Baker. Ah. And the script can't help but sound like it's written for the fourth Doctor. It does. Unfortunately, the abridged VHS version from the 90s doesn't really have enough in it to grab you. The location footage is nice to look at, but a lot of the most important scenes from the last half of the story were never filmed, so you can't get the full experience. Enter Gareth Roberts' Shada novelisation. If you must. (laughs) My God, I thought, as I unwrapped it, it's 12 discs long. (laughs) It's actually longer than the Dalek Master Plan box set, one and two combined. (laughs) Not sure I can commit to that. So anyway, over the coming months, I attempted to listen to all of it. And I'm glad I did. Ah. Can't say this version isn't complete. It's got everything and more. Yes, more. <laughs> Mr. Roberts has included plenty of interesting extra scenes. Those including a whole section in which the Doctor attempts to send a memory cube to the Time Lords to walk them on about Saralayavin's <laughs> return. Mm. K-9 intervenes and destroys the cubes, pointing out that, in fact, the Time Lords may attempt to sterilise the Earth rather than let Saralayavin escape. There's also an amusing scene in which Skagra scouts a lift from a gay guy. Of course, the driver thinks he struck lucky and comedy writes itself. <laughs> the biggest surprise from the audiobook is that everything wraps up nicely at the end, penultimate disc. A whole other disc left. The last yeah. disc really is just more wrapping up, but new material actually does the character of Chronotis some favours, but I won't yeah. spoil it for you, the end of it for you. Okay. Gareth Robert also works his magic to give you something that feels very 79. <laughs> it's definitely something I'd recommend checking out. I have to agree with that. Okay, it's well, I do a, have it on disc. It is, but, it uh, is a... It like is a, him, I had trouble actually approaching it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, Massive. I got the book on Kindle and was reading it at work uh, during my lunch okay. hour. Yeah. So, but it is a very good, as I said, it fleshes out a lot of the background stuff. Yeah. Anyway, mm. space balls. Yeah. Balls 
in space. Uh, that wraps it up. <laughs> Another childhood favourite here. Oh, it's, really? It's one all of the family loves to watch. It only occurs to me now that my two favourite films both star Rick Moranis. <laughs> Plus, there was Little Shop of Horrors and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So he's everywhere when I was little. <laughs> it's been fun re-watching Spaceballs. I get more of the sci-fi references than I used to. Yeah. Come to think of it, it must be at least 20 years since I've seen it. Wow. There's quite a while for a film that I would describe as a favourite. Yeah. A couple of my favourite scenes, including Combing the Desert, Big Comb. Airplane-style mm. humour. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do we really need to go any go into any more detail on that one? Pretty much says it all. Yep. There's a big comb and it's in the desert. <laughs> yep. Also, there's the scene where Dark Helmet watches back the footage of him getting fired headfirst into the control panel. Yep. Let's never watch that again. <laughs> anyway, see you all soon for our next Cardiff road trip and episode 200! Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It's a shame you weren't here. You could have defended it. We were, yeah, right, yeah, we were, we were quite down on it, so we're yeah. going to have to apologise next time we see him. <laughs> yes. We have more feedback. We have one here from Alex. Ah, hello, Alex. He says, hello. Hello, Alex. He says, hello, Stegoros of Great Awesome and the Necrotic Head of Pertwee. <laughs> I watched Peter Capaldi's first series of Doctor Who pretty much out of obligation. Yeah, I watched ooh, it out yeah. of my own compulsion to keep hoping the show would get better and the peer pressure that surrounded yourself with the community of Doctor Who fan friends brings. <laughs> At first, I got by accidentally missing the episode and feeling the need to watch the spoilers on Facebook. <laughs> then my dad started shouting when Doctor Who was on and playing the Doctor Who theme tune. And no matter how much I hated and loathed the show, I couldn't ignore the temptation and hope that maybe this time it would be a good episode. Mm. Was it? Ultimately, Moffat came through with Death in Heaven, and ah. I've started trying to re-evaluate the series as something other than awful <laughs> in an attempt to justify giving next season a chance. Oh. Deep Breath wins points for having a monster that genuinely creeps me out, and the trans-species lesbian couple of Vashtra <laughs> and Jenny. <laughs> Plus, now Sorry. I have faith in Capaldi, and I have seen that Moffat will write a Time Lord changing gender. I'm no, no longer prejudiced against Peter Capaldi's doctor in that story. Mm. Oh, Keith, what your ears? Listen has a concept I find terrifically freaky. Includes great fan bait and provides a nice explanation while the Doctor talks to the audience. He's yeah. talking to the Listen Beast. Mm, yeah, that's a good idea. Murder on the Orient Express... Well, Murder Mummy on the Orient Express <laughs> is just fantastic and suffered largely because Kill the Moon had, <laughs> had nuked my brain the week before. <laughs> also, I now know the payoff to Clara and Doctor's arcs, and so the hangover from Kill the Moon is less lethal radiation... <laughs> And more a prelude to awesome. Death in Heaven, finally. A very stupid story, but one that properly addressed the Doctor's dubious morality. Mm. By the way, Battlefield established the Doctor was Merlin and the, Brig and the Brigadier Arthur. So that's mm. enough foreshadowing for me to give Cyberbrig. <laughs> Though I thoroughly understand anybody thinking it was tasteless. Especially yeah. as Unit's first story and the Brigadier's first story. As a Brigadier was when the invasion was when they were fighting Cybermen. Yeah. I think it more likely that Cyberbrig was programmed to provide Missy with an escape route... When and things went pear-shaped. Or mm. perhaps she gave the Brigadier freedom because she has a lot of history with the Brigadier as well and knew the Doctor would appreciate seeing an old friend. She wants to kiss him. Mm. <laughs> Enough talked about Doctor Who, though. I've been watching the Flash TV series, or as he is now known at the moment, The Streak. 
Paul Sradman to snicker. <laughs> Not a flash of the streak, anyway. <laughs> this is an exceptionally stupid, cheesy and cliched show. <laughs> in, a, in a holds barred there. But. But. <laughs> uh, but I don't care. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'll watch it with my dad, so we gleefully make jokes about such moments, which rather sets its, makes its flaws assets. <laughs> this TV series is really like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films, in that Barry Allen, the Flash, is a complete nerd with angst about his dead mum and imprisoned father, as he pines off to a woman who is best friends and fights crime and supervillains. Yeah. I also get Torchwood vibes because you have the tech guru and super doctor characters as sidekicks. There's yeah. even a morally dubious, viciously capable lead genius with many secrets who just happens to be on the side of the heroes. <laughs> I love the series so much I think I'm actually going to get the Arrow seasons 1, 2 and 3 on box at DVD so I can catch up with that as its spin-off is really great fun. Mm. Oh, and I finished Use of Weapons. The ending kicks you in the chest. It is that powerful <laughs> and may have inspired me to go even darker in my nano remote. Ian M. Banks does like a dark ending. Mm. Yes. And I just listened to the fifth book in Ben Aronovich's Rivers of London series. Ah, yeah. Mm. I've got that. I haven't actually got mm. around to reading it. Is, was that one Broken Homes? No. That's the new one. The new one is new one. Um, Fox Glove Summer or yeah. something like that. A fantastic and fun read with many adult fears. I highly recommend it. Your mm. fan, Alex Jayhand. P.S. Sorry for the length. That's okay. <laughs> thank, you, thank you. If you've got it, don't brag about it. <laughs> was a Brigadier meant to be Arthur? I never got that. Um, I think that is one of the, the um, mm, things. Well, that, Battlefield, yeah. Yeah, the things that Come kept on. popping up yeah. because of Battlefield. Mm. And um, Arthur's. Arthur's meant to return in our hour of need, which mm. the Brigadier did. Yeah, it's clearly the Brigadier did there, yes. Yeah. But uh, in Battlefield, I don't know. Anyway, yes. Good, good idea. We have one here from Gareth. Hello, Hello Gareth. Gareth. Hello, all. So it's been a while, but there are my, here are my thoughts on Series 8. Oh, yeah. Get your tin helmets on. <laughs> well, it was well acted, but Capaldi haven't convinced me as the Doctor. Hmm. Now, there's no doubt he's a good actor, yep. and I loved his roles in the past, but his Doctor is too too sharp and unlikable to really care about. Mm. He doesn't get a lot to do with the exception of the Mummy episode. A shame, as there are parts when he does lighten up or, in the dramatic bits, his character sparkles. Mm. Jenna is great, but in trying to give her more to do, they seem to have made her more unlikable. The Mm. whole Missy thing didn't gel with me. I've no problem with the female female master, but they didn't realise the potential of this idea, and Michelle Gomez was just irritating. (laughs) I would much much rather have had a cold, calculating character rather than another mad person. Uh, That's the master these Mm -hmm. days, isn't it? Now, my big problem is with the stories. Mm -hmm. For me, they mostly rely on old troops. The lone captured Dalek, the sky on fire, and then we really get daft ideas that pull me out of the stories like the moon is an egg. (laughs) Flame-proof forests Mm -hmm. that appear overnight and then disappear into fairy dust. Cybermen created out of raindrops. Now, I know Doctor Who is a fantasy show, but this is bobbins even flatline is one of the better episodes is just a better retread of fear her (laughs) for me this series has been a huge disappointment and if the next one is the same i think i'll be bailing out until muffet leaves as i haven't enjoyed the show since he's been in charge and that's quite a strange feeling for someone who's been watching the show for over 40 years that i can see myself not bothering to watch it so forgive me for being so negative. Still love your show, and I'm totally jealous that you seem to enjoy it more than me. <laughs> right, I'm off to draw a moustache and glasses on a picture of Stephen Moffat to cheer me up. So thank you, and take care, 
Gareth. Thank you. Mm, thank yeah. you, Gareth. It has been quite divisive this season. I don't yeah. know why. Oh, very much. Uh, yeah. I think it's down to the fact that we have a new Doctor. Doesn't matter who it is. That's true. There's mm. always people who love the last Doctor. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, Bring and, back Matt Smith. Bring back David yeah, Tennant. Yeah, whatever, they, yeah. My God, they've, they've cast an Amoebud. They've finished the show. My God, they've cast an Ancient Decrepit. They've finished the show. <laughs> you know, it's, it's two sides of the same coin. Mm. And as it's, one... It's clearly not that in this case, though, is it? Yeah, but i got to admit, I have problems with Moffat. I think Moffat is a very good writer mm-hmm. with flashes of inspiration, divine inspiration. Mm. But he also has a very large ego, an enormously large ego. That's, you kind of have to have that yeah, job. I'm not yeah. denying that, but sometimes gets in the way of the writing. Maybe. Maybe. He seems to understand the Doctor and Doctor Who as a whole more than anybody else, I would say. He really does get to the heart of who the Doctor is and what the show is about. And he can examine that from within the, the programme itself. I think it's quite clever. But, yeah, it's, I think he's also taken very great liberties and has written his characters into the history of the show. Into, yeah. the, into the original history mm. of the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, he's retconned all yeah, manner of things. Uh, abo- good, above yeah. and beyond anyone else has. Yeah. Mm. No, so, I mean, I will have to. I will have to agree that there have been some very divisive episodes, Keith. I mean, I won't mention. Yeah, uh-huh. but yeah. You, and on the flip side of that, you've got the moon is the egg and mm. the fairy forest. Yes, which I'm not sure people would have derived them so much if there were Matt Smith stories. I don't know. To, sorry, to my mind, they still fit into the the fairy story. Yeah, that was. That one particularly, it is fairy tale, it is Matt Smith era. Yeah. But then it's not a case of there's one episode or two episodes which everybody hates. There are some people who love those episodes. Um, Yeah. yeah. Which is so strange. Very Marmite. But Mm, I I will, personally, I will say keep watching. Please keep watching. Oh, yeah. Because although I have hated some seasons, there's been stories in there that have been sublime that I've Mm. loved. Yeah. may not have liked the season overall, but there's these one or two stories that I've really loved. Every story is different, differently yeah. and yeah. distinctly different. Yeah. So you never quite know what you're going to get. I kind of know what he means with Peter Capaldi. I like him as a doctor, but he, he's still... I can't really put my finger on it. He, he hasn't quite got into, into my soul in the way that Matt Smith's doctor did and David Tennant's doctor did when they took over. Can't quite explain it, but uh, he's a good doctor. Yeah, oh, I think... And he, I look forward to seeing what, uh, what he does with it. Personally... Now, no chance to really bed in. Personally, I think he's been a fantastic doctor. That, that's my... But there, there's been a lot of criticism that he's a nasty doctor, he's an angry doctor. He's a, so was uh, Eccleston. Yeah. Mm. Eccleston was a very nasty doctor when he started. For some people... Tom Baker is the Doctor, who's always been the Doctor. Mm. Some of his reactions have been very mm. insular, you know, grow up and, or get out. Yeah. Mm. There's yeah. a man dead here. Why can't you be, what, human? <laughs> mm. That goes back to what I was saying previously. I, mean, I think with Peter Capaldi's Doctor, I mean, they're trying to accentuate the alien side of him yeah, more. Yeah, they are. With Equiston, it was quite clear from very early on why he was like that. He yeah. was clearly damaged from oh, the yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Oh, good grief, yeah. And they made that very clear. Mm-hmm. So you could see why he was so standoffish and so unhappy and he hated himself. You could yeah. see he hated himself. But with Capaldi's Doctor, I'm not quite sure why, other than it's just a contrast, why he is like that. It, it could be just the contrast, or he has just spent 600 years sending people to the deaths. True, yeah. 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 Or on Trenzalor. Yeah, 600 years stuck in Christmas. That must be pretty yeah, bad. exactly. Oh, <laughs> Listening to jingle bells continuously every day yeah. turned me nuts just over the Christmas period. Mm. <laughs> right, so we have one here from Chaz. Hello, Chaz. Chaz. How do staggerers head a person and assorted nefarious items dotted around the place? I've just listened to episode 198. Great stuff as always. I have to say, I have thoroughly enjoyed the latest season, mm? but... 
by sounds of it, this may be partly because I've somehow managed to miss both Kill the Moon and Robots of Sherwood. They're on my recorder, I'm just too scared to watch them. So I was wondering if you have come across the Bad Days series of mini cartoons on YouTube. Oh, can't say that. Mm. I haven't, can't say I haven't. Dead Silly parodies of your favourite comic book film characters. She's in its third series now, and now they've brought out one of Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> Just search Bad Days Doctor Who and enjoy. Oh, I shall have a look for that. TTFN, Chaz Forward. Mm, thank you, Chaz. Thank you, Chaz. Yeah, new, new contributor, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, new mm-hmm. feedbacker. I don't recognise the name. Bad thank days. you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank uh, you. Particularly in this, uh, these periods of no new Who. Yes. Good to mm. find some new stuff to watch. Mm. All right, we have one here from Will. Hello, Will. Hello, Will. He says, hi, team. Just thought I'd send an email to say hello. 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 It's been a while since I've emailed you all. Yes, it has. (laughs) Firstly, some thoughts on Series 8. Yes. Oh, dear. (laughs) It really didn't work for me. Uh, Don't don't let that Gareth uh, persuade you. (laughs) (laughs) When Capaldi got good moments, he was brilliant. Yes. It's a shame that there weren't enough. Mm. Eight after the 12 episodes were abysmal. (laughs) I did enjoy Robots of Sherwood, The Caretaker, Mummy on the Orient Express and Flatline. Mm. It was a good experience seeing Deep Breath, but on rewatch, it was dull. Oh. I have really enjoyed the music, though, in this season. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to get the soundtrack. Mm. Okay. I recently visited the experience, <gasps> and I loved it. All yeah. good. Going round the set was unbelievable. I did the set tour again. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds cheesy, but it was like having your childhood in one warehouse. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The interactive bit was great, even if Capaldi was being his snappy self. <laughs> but I still enjoyed it more than season eight. Wow, okay. <laughs> the exhibits were really well presented, and they even played music from the Macro Terror, <laughs> which enhanced my enjoyment. How, I don't know. No, not me. <laughs> I loved spending loads in the shop too. Big Ooh, finishes, yes. Land of the Dead, the Apocalypse Element. The Stones of Venice and Blood Tie. Oh, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to get one to 50 before it becomes in- completely impossible. Yeah, I'm mm. going to reprint them, are they? Mm. Them. Two Target books, Marco Polo and The Power of Kroll. Oh. Vengeance on Varos, Special Edition, and a mug was all the money I had. Used well. <laughs> Overall, I had an amazing day. Speak to you all soon. Will. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're off there. Yes. Before this comes out. I think we? so. Yes, yeah, so 13th of December. Uh, 8th of December. 8th of December. No, day after this comes out. Yeah. We'll be there going, ooh, yeah. ah, e. We haven't seen the uh, the new interactive the, bit of the experience, no, the no. Capaldi one. We look forward to that. Yes. Yeah. So you see it with Matt Spell, been there six, seven times for the well, old experience. It was, we went when it was up in London. It was still the same interactive experience, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I went at least three times in London. I've been, I think, three times in Cardiff as well. It must be at least six times <laughs> I've been to see the old Matt Smith one. <laughs> old hand. It's going to be quite yep. strange to see you. <laughs> but good. It helps uh, get me uh, get me past my, my Matt Smith <laughs> problem. Um, Your Matt Smith asphyxiation. Should we get you a cardboard Matt Smith cut out? <laughs> no, it's fine. For next Christmas. But I did see uh, something that uh, Moffat said recently, admitting that uh, 7B, yes. uh, the Clara storyline, was a bit rubbish. <laughs> and he, he says, much as he hates to admit it, that you think of Matt Smith and you think Karen Gillan. Yeah, mm. yeah. But now you think Peter Capaldi, you think yeah. Jenna Coleman. It's, it's, I think he's right. It it's, is like Sarah Jane Smith yeah. with the third Doctor mm. and fourth Doctor. She seemed yeah. to come she, to her own with the fourth mm. Doctor. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And the yeah. same same with uh, the Clara's character. Mm, yeah. Well, the defini- yeah, definitive companions for each Doctor. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, we have a little bit more feedback here somewhere, I think. Ooh. One here from Mr. M. Hello, Hello Mr. M. M. Hello, 
routine. <laughs> Gosh, I guess I should give my views on dark water and death in heaven. Yes. So Danny is dead. Well, that's certainly a shock. <laughs> it was something that I thought might happen. I didn't expect it to happen in the first few minutes of the episode. Yeah, that was mm, a bit yeah. of an eye opener, I've got to admit. Speaking of shocks, I think a lot of the surprise was ruined by the amount of publicity, trailers, etc. Yeah. Mm, yeah. My girlfriend who lives in another country had the advantage of missing all of that. Oh. When Missy turned up in the middle of the story, surprise! When the doors closed to reveal Cyberface, yes. surprise! Mm, yes. When the story was in two parts, surprise! <laughs> <laughs> and in the next part, when Katie Unit turned up, surprise! surprise. Sigh. I'm jealous. Ah, Missy is the master. I can see why people don't like it, but personally I don't have a problem with it. If Romana could regenerate into a blue alien and choose her form so specifically, then I don't see any reason why a Time Lord can't become a woman. But I don't like the way the master calls herself Missy. But yeah. whatever. On another note, what was the point of Clara pretending to be the Doctor? And the name replacing Peter's and her eyes too. <laughs> also, shame that Osgood died. Yeah. Mm, yes. And there was also the cyber rig. I really like the idea. It does feel a bit like, oh, this would be a good idea. Let's do that. And then not thinking about the consequences of it. Yeah. And now we have to wait until Christmas. Yep. With Father Christmas. And the Doctor will, um, I don't know. Yes. But it'll be fun to find out. <laughs> will Clara be back? Is Clara gone? Mm. Or should we be back for, just for Christmas? All right. In next week, my thoughts on the last series as a whole and another hundred reasons why Staring Stories are the best podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be 300 reasons, mm, October, yeah. won't it? No, I think only there's another hundred. Is there? No, 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 he's done he's done hundreds before. He did hundred in episode hundred. Yeah. This will be hundred again in episode two. Oh I, I think, see, I see, I see. I think it'd be two hundred now. Okay. Which I, make stand, sense. I stand corrected. <laughs> well sick corrected actually. All the best, Mr. M. Thank <laughs> you, Mr. M. P.S. Oh, don't cremate me. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah, must be quite nice to live abroad and uh, not get any <laughs> of the spoilers. Yeah. I remember saying during the rev- when we reviewed it last time is when the lift doors shut. That would have been a coffee spewing moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when it's cyber face, and the, yep. and the although there are clues snit. enough that those are assumed, yeah, oh, even if they hadn't yeah. seen, yeah, any spoilers would have guessed it by that point. Well and truly, I yeah. think. Particularly when side music started before the yeah. doors, mm. just before the doors closed. Well, it's just the way the inside of St Paul's Cathedral was laid out, very reminiscent of uh, Tomb of the Cybermen, anyway. So. Yeah, and we did spot the eye mm. in yeah. the previous episode. I did anyway. Yeah, episode two hundred next. Yes, yes, episode two hundred. Oh, no idea what we're gonna do. Yeah. Do, do we all have to come in dinner suits and evening dresses? We should. We should. <laughs> <laughs> evening dress for you. Okay. <laughs> I'll let Karen wear the uh, dinner suit. Yeah. The dinner jacket. <laughs> and Christmas episode? Yes. Mm, and that can yes. only mean Christmas cards. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yep. Time is running out, particularly if you're from uh, across the ocean mm, in yes. any fashion. Mm. Yes. So you have maybe a day or two when this podcast comes out to get your name addressed to us. Mm. If you would like a Staggering Stories Christmas card. Do you want a Christmas card, dear? Do you want one? We've huh? had quite oh. a few already, given we prompted people on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, mm. we, we, we've been scribbling. Our oh, pens right. have been worn down Ooh, to the quick. Very much so. Yes, yes. So if you'd like one of our exclusive Staggering Stories Christmas cards. Ish. Ish. Mm. Yeah. Please send us your address at show at staggeringstories.net. 
Also, any feedback you want to give for Podcast 200? Mm, yeah. Same address. And congratulations. Oh, thank you. Congratulations to you, too. <laughs> thank you. And 700... 700? 700. 700, 700, 700 feels like it. Seven and a half years of uh, podcasting on Christmas Eve as well. Oh, good mm. grief. Blimey. So that podcast is actually three in one. It's Christmas, yeah. 200, and seven and a half year anniversary. Yeah, yeah it's a three Blimey. in one event. Halfway between five and ten, you see, seven and a half. Yeah, 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 it all works. So yeah. we've got a lot to shoehorn in. We have, we have. It's going to be a mental one next time. <laughs> Hopefully all of us will be here. We will uh, drag people Kicking from their graves mm-hmm. to be Kicking here. and screaming. Right, can you show us out? I can show you all out. Okay. And so, dear listeners, that brings us to the end of another podcast. Ah. Oh. But never fear, in the next one, it will be Podcast 200! <laughs> Christmas or that? Ding, 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 Ding 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 What are you doing to that reindeer? No wonder it's got a red nose. But never fear, in the next one there'll be two hundred times the fun frivolity Over suddenly it doesn't tag The fun frivolity and jollity, more news and reviews, more festive who more who old and new. So until that what letter shall we have this time? T for T. 200. <laughs> so until that twerking. <laughs> oh yeah, shake it, baby. <laughs> Tremulous. Ooh. Torrent of tomfoolery comes... Tumbling? Tumbling, yes. Comes tumbling down upon us. This is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Oh, 200. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, series one, number 199, 200 next. Featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, and Keith Dunn. Um, fake Keith? No. no. Scott Fuller? No. Gene no. Riddle? No. No, oh, never mind. The views expressed here are those of the speaker and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this is an El Presidente production for www.staggeringstories.net. Oh no. What's wrong? We've omitted one very important thing. Who? Him. Oh no! Oh my god, the head, head of Pertwee! He's moving! No, oh! no head of Pertwee! No, 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 no! Have you seen the um, fan Force Awakens? No. It starts off like a usual trailer. Mm-hmm. A slight hint of the Star Wars music, the green um, certificate, mm-hmm. yep. and then uh, the Lucasfilm certificate, and then it starts in darkness, complete darkness, and you can just vaguely make out a form, mm-hmm. and then the alarm goes off, and Yoda reaches his hand out and turns <laughs> the light on. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. The force. Oh, oh, awakens. Yes. As you're so fond of pointing out, you can find anything on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Conversely, you can you find, find anything. anything on the internet. Yep. Simularity. 
you know the um, shot of the stormtrooper without the helmet you saw to begin with. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of photographs there of Sandy Desert. Then the head pops up and ah, oh, right, yeah, and then capture. I'm sure those were the droids I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> He's a uh, Brit, isn't he, from uh, Attack of the Block? Yes, yes. Which is odd. The soldiers always have American accents. Yeah. Mm. Officers had British accents, but... Yeah, the, the soldiers and the grunts. Certainly in, in the first trilogy, the grunts oh, yeah. had American mm-hmm. accents. In the prequels, they all had Australian Australian, accents. yeah. Well, New, New Zealand, Zealand or whatever, yeah. yes. Excuse me. Mr. Dunn is currently dying. Just notice on the back of the Space Wars DVD. Yeah. In big red letters, screamingly funny. <laughs> when they have to say screamingly funny, it's not attributed to anybody. Uh, yeah. It's what they've written. It's what they've yeah. written. No, yeah. there's, a, there's a problem. Yeah. So it's not attributed to a, you know, um, a comment, you know, columnist or nope. a It's just something they've decided to write Screamingly funny. <laughs> featuring not many people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just say it. Featuring not many people. <laughs> Featuring Jean Ritten. No, she wasn't it. Uh, mm. Karen Dutton. No. no. Oh, Scott, Scott. Ferton. No. no. 